Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here and my partner on the airways. As always, uh, Sarah Jones is with me. And for the second week in a row, we brought back our special guest from last week, Maria Casillas, founding partner of New Money Habits, because we were having such a good conversation that we just wanted to continue it. But before we jump back into that, Sarah, I got to check in with you as always. <laughs> Where in the U.S. is Sarah Jones? Oh, well, I am still in Arizona, but, you know, I'm reminded, um, yes, uh, well, I, I don't know, yesterday, a couple days ago, my husband and I were on our motorcycle and, you know, just thinking about while we are stationary right now, how can we still experience life, right, in ways um, that we were doing while we were traveling? And, you know, for me, something that's been coming up a lot is just really noticing the beauty that is around me. And I was reflecting on the time when we lived in, in Colorado for so long, how I didn't really do that. Um, I got so used to the scenery. I got so used to getting caught up in everyday life that I didn't really notice um, and, and really admire the, the beauty around me all the time. And, and um, looking at my budget, right. And, and how we spend our money on experiences there's a lot that can be experienced without spending a lot of money. And being on the motorcycle the other day and just recognizing the different landscapes in Arizona and, and how it is not what I pictured. Now, I've been traveling to Arizona for a good many years now, but the landscapes around here, I just cannot get over the beauty and the diversity um, it has been really incredible. So maybe it's just throwing out a reminder to people to um, look and really take in the beauty that is surrounding you um, because there's a lot there. And I, I think that it, it allows us to experience where we're at in life a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I appreciate that reminder. I too just uh, enjoyed uh, a free festival. And so just being reminded that sometimes you know, if you just look into inside of the community, there are these opportunities to uh, kind of enjoy your neighbors, uh, maybe get the family out uh, into the community, that sort of thing. So, um, and I have to agree, the the landscapes in Arizona are very diverse. When I moved out to the the far west valley, I didn't realize we have dairy farms in Arizona. <laughs> That's a thing. Okay, so. Who knew? You uh, that, sniff your way to them. That's exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, you can tell because of the smell. Um, but even like there's a car a cotton farm uh, not too far from mm -hmm. us. And so like, okay, we grow cotton out here. I, I didn't know that either. So, um, and then of course you go into like Phoenix and you got ASU and you got, you know, Camelback Mountain and all that's, it, it's incredible. And that's just the valley. I mean, that's not even the entire state. But I'm glad right. you and the husband are enjoying your time in Arizona and taking in all the all it has to offer. Well, thank you. Lots of pictures are taken all the time because you know <laughs> I can't help myself. This is one of my most favorite spots that I've ever been. So, hmm. well, it sounds like um, 
adventure is part of your value system. This is what I learned from our last conversation uh, with you and Maria is that um, values play a big role in how we kind of spend our money and the, and the things that, um, you know, find their way into our budgets. And so if you missed our conversation before, we had this great conversation about how uh, values are different than priorities, how values can uh, drive behaviors, and how values can even change over time. Um, but it was such a, a, a good and enriching conversation, Maria. We wanted to have you back because I know we only kind of scratched the surface and there's still so much more that we can kind of talk about and peel back and, and really help our listeners understand. So I'm very much looking forward uh, to our conversation today. And if memory serves me, part of what we're going to talk about today is the difference where we talked about core values and priorities before, if we kind of look at the priorities, you can kind of even categorize those a level deeper. And I think that's where I'd like to kind of tee you guys off and, and get our conversation started today. Yeah, I, I can say that with the when we talk about priorities and values, I think last time we talked about how a core value is something that is intangible and a priority might be something that, you know, we we is tangible, whether it's a family member or a car or a home. But we oftentimes assign value to those things and to those people. And so I think if we really want to unpack some of that today, that would be a really good spot to go because that I think is where the most confusion comes in where people are like, well, but but this does have value and, and it does. And we're not saying that these things don't have value. It, we're just, we're distinguishing between things that have value and things that are our values. And so today, since last week we talked a little bit about those things that are our core values today, I think it would just be a great conversation shift to talk about the things that have value and some of the different types of value that these things and, and people have. So um, I, I think if I may, one of the biggest differences the things, one of the biggest distinguishes that I like to bring to the table is intrinsic versus instrumental value. So, Nino, Sarah, why don't you just tell me something that, you know, that has value in your life? Anything. There's sky's well, the limit. <laughs> wife and kids, top of the list. Wife and kids. Okay. So when it comes to your wife and kids, what about them has value? I, well, I... It's half a obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're human beings. So, you know, there's, there's that, but beyond that, um, you know, they're, they're the people that I love. They are compassionate and caring and kind and goofballs and pains in the necks, but in the best <laughs> way possible, that sort of thing. So all so that relational <laughs> stuff. Yes. And what you just described, Nino, is absolutely intrinsic value. That's what we describe as intrinsic value, something that is, is valuable just for being, you know, it, they're desirable in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so even if they weren't goofballs, even if they didn't have, like, just because the fact that they're a human being, they have intrinsic value. And so that, that is a little bit different than something that necessarily has instrumental value. Uh, Sarah, if you had to decide or had to um, guess on what instrumental value is, what, what would that guess be? Well, I'd say something that definitely falls in line that has intrinsic value in my life is my home on wheels. Okay. 
Yes. So if that has intrinsic value or instrumental value? Oh, sorry. In- instrumental. Sorry. Got a little bit. Okay. No, yeah, that's okay. It's... You were answering the right question. So it, it works. So <laughs> I just, so I used the wrong language that? there. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. What about that has instrumental value to you? Cause that, that you hit the nail on the head with it as an example. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it provides a, com- it, it's comfort it is, um, even mm-hmm. though we move around, it is a constant in my life. So it brings this constant comfort and literally takes me and gives me a place to sleep at night everywhere we go. Yes. Yes. And that's what instrumental value is. It's something that's just a means to a desired end. And you you describe a desired end or value. So you describe things like comfort and a place to sleep, you know, to put your head and it, it takes you from one place to the other. And so because of that, it has intrinsic value. Now, if it was just sitting there and the motor was out and the tires were off, would it have as much instrumental value to you? Probably not. I mean, it still provides somewhere for you to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't get you from place to place. Uh, it might right. not even be, it might not even work, uh, keep you warm in these super cold winter months of Arizona. Uh, <laughs> right. It's true. If we have the heater on. <laughs> uh, so the in, the instrumental value might go down a little bit for you, mm-hmm. but it would still serve some purpose. So, so that's just how you guys can kind of, you know, see the difference. You know, if your wife was just sitting and doing nothing, you know, I'm talking back to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured. And, and I know I know you know better than to ever suggest that she would be just sitting and doing nothing. I know you know better than that. But if she were just sitting and doing nothing, maybe she has a, you know, horrific accident and she's no longer able to sit and do anything besides, you know, lay there. Does that remove any of her intrinsic value? No, of course okay. not. And so that's how you guys can measure the difference between intrinsic versus instrumental. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about um, how we apply this to our lives. And Sarah, I, before we even hit record today, you were bringing up a really, really good example of one of your clients and how you utilize this concept. And if you wouldn't mind throwing that out there, I think it would be fun to kind of dissect that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have this amazing client and and he is a marathoner. I mean, part of me thinks he's crazy because who the heck wants to run that much? But I'll just leave my own thoughts to myself on that. He knows who he is. But, um, <laughs> so he's a marathoner and he also does a lot with like Relay for Life and, you know, fundraising and the efforts in, in the, the um, curing cancer. And for him, when we were looking at, you know, putting together a budget that felt right for him, some of the conversation that we've had was, you know, he had this eating out budget. And um, when we're talking about his values, right, and priorities, one of his values is community, right? And and so how does that mm-hmm. then translate into the budget? And so when we're talking, his creating community for him was going and supporting some of these businesses that supported his fundraising efforts with, you know, Relay for Life. And so he wanted to support them, right? And and um, with his marathon buddies, right? The people that are training, they train together. And then after training, they will go and, you know, maybe grab some breakfast or grab a coffee. And for him, that was really important because he's creating this community for himself and, 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 um, it wasn't just, 
you know, in eating out. And so when we were looking at his budget and his eating out dollars, he used to kind of lump them all together. And I said, what would it look like if we separated them? Because your eating out budget is for two different purposes, right? Part of that purpose is for really creating this community, this, and it's a priority in your life, right? Living with this core value and this priority of, of, um, creating relationships and, you know, supporting these other people. Um, and so we put in two different line items within his budget. Maria, I will tell you, and you know, it, it has made a huge difference because he views those dollars differently and he feels like, okay, mm -hmm. it, it almost like, it almost felt like it brought in more choice for him when in fact it didn't. But the way he sees his money, the way he views the way he was spending it has changed. His perspective has changed simply for dividing it out. Um, and it didn't necessarily give him more choices, but he can see it more clearly now, which I love. You, you said twice that it doesn't give him more choices. And I'm just curious as to why do you think that it didn't give him any more choices? And I don't know anything about this story. Mm -hmm. So that might be true. I'm just curious as to why. Mm -hmm. um, because I think we've always have the choice. We might not recognize it. So it might feel like it gives, you know, gave him more choices. But the truth is, is he's had those options all along. He just didn't recognize that that was a core value. And so um, because he hadn't really talked about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And he hadn't really it was it was kind of one of his priorities, but it was lumped together with other things. Mm -hmm. And so. I don't believe it gave more choices. I think it allows him to see things a little bit differently, but I don't necessarily believe that it gave more choices. So, so it didn't necessarily create more choices, but it did open up more choices to him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to say real quick, didn't last week we talk about eating out and having to divide that up into two different things? Like, why is this <laughs> such a thing for us as Americans these days? <laughs> It's obviously a crux for most of us. It's like one of those um, things that just keeps us. Ugh. Anyway, um, so no, I, I love what you did there, Sarah. The fact that you are identifying his community as one of his core values, I think is incredible. Um, you also identified things or people that have intrinsic and instrumental value in that example. You said that there are people that he surrounds himself with which are people, part of the community. So because they're people, they have that intrinsic value. And then you also mentioned that he interacts with businesses. Now, businesses, they might have some intrinsic value just from being, but I think that they also are a means to an end. You know, it, they're, they're means to an end for the business owners, but they're also a means to end for your client because they, like you said, help him later on supporting some of the stuff he's efforting and, vice versa. So that creates that instrumental value for him. And I love that you were able to take that, even if you weren't speaking to him in those terms, and I don't know if you were speaking to him in those terms, uh, but you just kind of naturally fell into that. He was able to, I, you, well, you, you helped him identify the value there and then, and then actually put dollars to that value. Mm -hmm. So now those dollars which have zero intrinsic value, but now they have a lot of instrumental value as well mm. because he can mm. use those dollars to help 
create all of this ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of times if we're not thinking about our dollars as instrumental, think about that idea where, you know, people really, their money itself has no intrinsic value. If you ask me, like, it's just, it's paper, especially these days, there's like not even any gold to back it up. You know, like it's literally just printed paper. <laughs> so there's, there's very little intrinsic value for that. It's the instrumental value that that we are able to assign to that. And it gets us things, and that's why they say, you know, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Is what they say. It's not money itself, and it's like, but you could use money instrumentally in a very, very bad way. Mm-hmm. You could also use money instrumentally in a very good way. So that's where the instrumental value is not even something that is. Um, constant throughout, we assign that value. Mm. Mm. What we do with it creates that value. And I love that. And, you know, Maria, I use the term a lot of, you know, creating your life, you know, that you really do have the ability to create the the life that you want to live. And so much of the time, because we talk a lot about money and finances and investing and, you know, what does that look like? So how do you create a, a life with, um, you know, money is a tool. And I think mm-hmm. you just, you brought that all home right there with um, using it as a tool with, with instrumental value to create what it is that you really want to create. And um, I think that sometimes I know I certainly didn't for a long time put it in those type of terms, right? It was, it was money and where is it going? What do I have to do? And it felt kind of dreadful, quite frankly, Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, um, when you start using, I think when we learn different language, when we can use language in a way that starts to feel like, oh yes, that hits home. That's what I've been feeling. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I want. That's where I think the priorities start to, to, to come out. And I think we start to recognize, oh, this is really what I want because this is what's really important to me. These are my values. And therefore this is where I want the money to go to support those values. Um, And I think that we don't, we're not, we're not taught a lot of things, but we don't talk enough about this type of um, connection with money. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the reason we don't talk about it a lot, I mean, we probably talk about it a lot, but but I think the reason (laughs) many others don't talk about it a lot is because it's, it's hard to talk about it. There, mm-hmm. There's it, a, it's vulnerable. You know, mm-hmm. when we talk about numbers, like that's, it can be vulnerable, but the only reason it feels vulnerable for anyone who's listening right now, if you, if you're pulling out your numbers and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to go to my financial coach for this right now. Or I have to talk to my spouse about this. It's not because the numbers are making you vulnerable. It's because the meaning behind those numbers is what is starting to eat at you a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, whether or not you recognize, just like with Sarah's um, client, it's not that the choices were created. It's that it was opened up for him. He was able to then have access to it. And so it's not that all of a sudden your awareness of this is creating new, like, new value behind your money. It's actually just that you have heightened awareness. And that's mm-hmm. where you're starting to feel, like, oh, a little, you know, heaviness in your gut. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to go talk to someone about this. 
That is a wonderful feeling to have, not because it feels good, but because it means that you're starting to recognize the connection between what you're doing and what's actually important to you. And maybe where there's some dissonance there. You know, um, Sarah, at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned that you were um, taking pictures all over the place in Arizona. <laughs> and I, I, I just want to bring this up because it falls right in line with this. I have a client who was telling me that one of the projects that she wanted to go through was getting through all of her photos. And mm. she she had gone through a bunch of photos and she said, you know, what I found interesting was the ones that I was just fine just throwing away. Like I was like, didn't matter. Like I could totally throw it away. I felt the need to take it then, but I just, now it's like, I don't know those people. It doesn't matter. And I can throw them away. She's like, some of them I had a harder time because of what they represented. And so I want to just bring up that that photo, for example, is really just an instrumental. It has instrumental value. Mm -hmm. What it's doing is it's trying to bring back the emotion that was connected to us when we took that photo. Mm -hmm. And if we aren't if we aren't in a place where, um, you know, we're with people that we love, we might be like, I don't even talk to those people anymore. I can throw that away. It's no big deal. But one of the ones that she struggled with the most was scenery photos. Mm. And it got us talking about why that was such a struggle. And we realized that it's because when you're in that moment, when you're, when you're on that bike or you're in the car and you see that gorgeous rainbow or you see that, that beautiful sunset, it, it moves you so much that you want to capture that. So you pull out your phone and you, you think you capture it. <laughs> but when you walk away and wait two years and you pull that picture back up, it doesn't do it for you anymore because mm -hmm. it's so hard to get back into like what it was. And it, honestly, I think that's because the scenery has such intrinsic value. It's, it's beautiful because it is, it's valuable because it's there and it creates an emotion in us. So we try to capture it, but when we can't then recapture that emotion, it lose that photo itself loses its instrumental value. And that's why mm -hmm. we can toss it. So I just wanted to bring that up because it was, we weren't even talking about values, honestly, when she was talking about that. Um, but when we, when we dissected it a little bit, we were able to identify that that's what was, that's why it was so easy to get rid of it. Okay. So thanks for letting me share that. May I jump in here for just a second and tell <laughs> we you We were that. wondering how, how long, why it would take you so long. Well, <laughs> of course, you um, may jump in. There's a lot of conviction going on as I'm listening to the two of you talk about when I think about money just being a tool and it only has instrumental value, it doesn't really have intrinsic value and you can use it to do great things and you can do, you can use it to do uh, things that you're, you don't necessarily want to. It's got me reevaluating like my own spending and some of my own budget items and, um, it's got me, I'm kind of convicted about like, maybe some things need to change because they don't necessarily align with my values and, um, or, you know, it just, they're, they're conveniences that kind of get in the way of other things. Right. So, uh, for instance, I'll give you one solid example. And that is I pay like 15 bucks a month for, uh, a, uh, thing for, the Xbox that allows me to then have access to like this game library. Right. But I realized one, the kids and I don't really use it. 
Two, even if they did use it, I'd probably say you guys need to get off of that. You're on it too often, right? Because it gets in the way of what's really important, and that's quality time with the family. So um, it's just got me thinking about how, like, here's this seemingly insignificant spend. It's 15 bucks a month. $15 a month is not making or breaking my budget, and I'm very grateful for that. Um but it doesn't mean that it's not making some other unintended impact. And so just just wanted to share a little bit of conviction going on as I'm I'm listening in. I super appreciate that about you, Nino. <laughs> that when no really, that you're you're willing to be not only vulnerable but honest with all of your listeners about how you're feeling and, and when things are convicting. Uh, what you brought up was I think one of the biggest common problems and I'm, I'm stuttering I'm, I'm struggling with the word problems um but i'm gonna say that anyway i think it's one of the biggest problems when it comes to zero base budget <laughs> and here's why because i think sometimes when we are it's it's only a problem if you're focusing only on numbers i can't tell you how many people when i would whether it was coaching individually or when i was a volunteer for the the program that we always talk about um and it was very much based on zero based budget the the formula for that is what i'm gonna ask you because i know you guys both know this formula for zero based budget is income minus outgo equals zero correct and as long as you follow that people are like i'm good i got this so when you said you know 15 bucks i mean it's not making or breaking me it fits in the zero based budget so what's the problem? Well, the problem is you just identified it, that it doesn't actually align with what you want to do. And if we're only focusing on zero based, then I think so many people, they feel like they've got this and it's literally just that numbers game and they're never feeling super fulfilled because while the numbers add up and sometimes, like I said, I think last week, you might start with pretty good numbers and net, you know, positive. And you're like, I, I've got, I've got an extra 15 bucks or I've got an extra $1,500, like whatever that is. But then they're like, well, you got to spend it. If you don't spend it, you're going to waste it. You know, you got to either invest it or something. And if they're just like, okay, yeah, I'll just do this, this, and this, and this. And there's no real thought behind it. They actually got to zero. Like someone told them to, they're, they're being good little students, good rule followers yet they're not going to be happy at the end. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up because I do think it's one of my biggest criticisms. I'll use that word, not problem, but it's one of my biggest criticisms about the zero-based budget. So when I have clients who actually would do very well with a zero-based budget, I I even take that and I say, it is your planned income because I also know that sometimes we have some unplanned income, which is a really great problem to have, mind you. Um, so it's planned income minus your intentional spending, savings, and investment. And so that way they are, it's, it's built right into the formula. So I just change the formula. I like to, I like to change things. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks for bringing that up, you know. My pleasure. Yeah, I really love that too. And, and I'm reminded, well, not only of my own journey, um, but, you know, of a, a couple of other clients that, you know, people, when they hear 
because I'm pretty open with our own budget, you know, and how much we live on. Um, I share that we live on $3,200 a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and people are amazed. They're like, you travel on that. And yeah, we do. And we choose to, right? Because we're, we're really living according to our values and, and our created life, as I say a lot. But you know, one thing that we took out of our budget because it was no longer, it, it didn't fall into alignment is we don't have like our free money. You know, for mm-hmm. a while, James and I had built in free money. And when people have found out that we took that out, they're like, well, what do you do? What I mean, how, how on earth, you know, how, and it's so interesting to me that, um, just because it works for one person or because it works for you for a period of time does not mean that it can't change. And it doesn't mean that you can't make adjust adjustments based on where your new priorities lie. And I think we get so caught up in, as you were talking about, like the zero-based budget. I don't even use that term. I don't even, because I think it confuses people and it brings in this, I think, a a sense of scarcity and fear. And I'm just like, I don't use that term at all. But your budget can be this way this month and it can be very different next month. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think we get into this that it has to be the same and, oh, we have to do, it doesn't, right? And so I want to just throw out that permission or, you know, this, this um, reassurance that if your budget, if you want to put together something that looks different this month because you've had some priorities change or because, you know what, we're coming into the holiday season and it looks different, that's okay. Um, and really looking at, what is no longer serving your your best needs? What's no longer um, a priority for you? And for us, we no longer, the priority wasn't free money within our budget anymore um, because we choose to put those dollars towards something different and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I've got clients, you know, that we've split up their grocery budget because they don't necessarily go out to eat but they have people over. They like to do like smoking, you know, and barbecuing on the weekends. And so we split up their grocery budget, right? To account for groceries, feeding my family versus Mm -hmm. the, the creating, call it creating community or that memory making, you know, we've got a couple of different categories. So they choose where it goes, what's most important. But then we, we put those dollars in for that category. And to your point, Maria, I really love that. It just, it's given them access to more choices. I really love that wording, you know, access to more choices when we can look at the way that we are budgeting, we can look at the way that we're accounting our, our dollars or accounting for our dollars, that access to more choices when it feels in alignment, gosh, darn, does that feel good? Yeah. Can I just say too, I don't know, like in all of my, I've done multiple programs and, 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 I've seen multiple ways that a budget is created. Never have I ever seen a budget that said creating community or making memories. So I just kind of want to highlight, you know, the, the different approach. Um, you know, so often we talk about habits, mindset, we're talking about values and these things, when they actually show up in your budget, they might show up like creating community making memories. And I've just, I've never seen a budget have those line items. It's always food, shelter, clothing. 
So, well, yeah, all so that credit goes to Maria. I, I totally stole that from you, Maria, because that's uh, <laughs> you. So I, I, I always give credit to you for that because, and oh, and you. it just made such a big difference. So thank you for that. You are welcome. Thank you for saying that. What I was going to say, Nino, is that the budgets that I use, it, it, it's a hybrid of those two things because I do oh, yeah. think that it's hard to, it's hard to get out of what we already know and to shift that entirely. And so we do have line items that have different categorizations and such. Uh, but what I do is I allow my clients to then assign value to those different things. And that's how we measure out like how, how much in alignment is that? Um, because if we just did a budget of just making memories and just, you know, indulgences and, and uh, legacy investments, that might be a little bit hard for them to separate. Oh. So we actually, we do have the different uh, categories and line items. So it is a bit of a hybrid. Um, but yeah, if you ever want to come on over, I'll, I'll walk you through your financial stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm no, and I figured, I, I figured you still have a line item for like the grocery store and putting food on the table, of course. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I've just never seen other budgets where you're like really thinking through these other things, you know, the other example that we gave, uh, I think both on the last episode and again on this one, which is having an eating out for convenience and an eating out for connection. I mean, just something as simple as for, I mean, I've been coaching people for 10 years. I've been budgeting a lot longer than that. And it's always just been eating out. Right. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. but putting more thought in it, more intentionality. We talked about intentionality last week and how, you know, I think for a long time, I was just kind of wandering and doing things haphazardly. And then I got intentional, but now I'm realizing like, even within my intention, there could be another level of intentionality. Going back to the example I gave about the $15 subscription that I pay a month that is not really serving any true purpose and doesn't bring value to the family. So it, it's nice to just kind of go a level, a level deeper than I've ever seen anybody yeah. go before. And so a little bit of a pat on the new money habits back there, but you know, tooting our <laughs> own horn. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to say, and this is patting Sarah on the back is for those of you who are listening, whatever ideas you hear here, they can be really fantastic ideas, but the the power actually comes with you being able to apply those ideas in a way that actually speaks to you. So when Sarah mentioned that, you know, she has somebody who maybe doesn't like to eat out, but they like to, they like to host a lot. And, and um, that's, that's built right into their grocery budget. So that looks different, you know, groceries for the family versus groceries for hosting and entertaining. And so that one shift is what's going to make a difference for that particular client. So if you also are like, well, I really love the idea of adding like just this one change, but you know, dining out isn't really my, it's not my, it's not what happens. It's not, something that speaks to me, then find something that does and make that one shift. Literally, if you use a, if you use something that's online, it's way easier. Um, but even if you use paper budget, use the words, write those different words, because it really does make a difference. If you are revisiting that on a regular basis, you are going to be repeating that over and over and over to yourself, dining out for convenience, dining out for connection. You will start to actually say, yeah, do I want to do this for this? And in Nino's example, you know, entertainment. 
for family connection, entertainment for spousal connection, whatever it is that you need to tell yourself, this is your plan, you guys, it's your budget, write in there any words that really speak to you. Be willing to be creative. You have license to do that. I encourage you to do that. Awesome advice. Um, I, I love it. I will be implementing it myself for <laughs> sure. Um, another great conversation. I really, uh, I really appreciate uh, kind of like that. Like I said earlier, that deeper dive, going that that level deeper uh, that we we've explored today. And uh, I hope that it's convicting some others, uh, you know, listening, you know, thinking about your budget differently. I want to remind our listeners that you can go to newmoneyhabits.com. You can download our free budget worksheet. It allows you to be as flexible as we're talking about. So you get to label those things, anything you want. Um, we offer some categories to kind of help get you started, but you can, you can certainly flex and uh, I want to invite our listeners to schedule some time with Sarah, myself, with Maria, any other New Money Habits coach. You can go to the show notes to do that. Because um, if you're thinking about that, if you're thinking about these things and you're like, okay, I really want to look at my money plan differently. You know, I know budget's a bad word. We don't like it, but that's what it is, right? It's just a money plan. <laughs> if you want to look at it differently, why not sit down? We all offer a free discovery session. Let's kind of discover what your goals are, what your values are, what your priorities are, and then help you to create a plan that actually aligns to those things. Uh, we get rid of all the rigidity and we make it really flexible. We want to help you to create a plan that you're actually going to execute. And the only way you're going to do that is if you feel good about the plan that you created. So yeah. sit down with one of us, do that. Maria, I want to thank you again for coming on and being with us uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, I always uh, feel pleasured to have you here with us. So getting you two weeks in a row is awesome. Uh, Sarah, always a pleasure. And you guys, uh, like I said, you guys have both really opened my eyes to some of the things that I need to be doing a little bit differently with my clients. Feelings always mutual. Thank you so much for having me today. And, and I, I appreciate all of the dialogue back and forth. It really makes, even, even though some of this is, you know, some of my brainchild, it helps to dig in a little bit deeper when I get to hear real life examples from people who are in the trenches. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And so uh, great conversation. We'll continue it next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.